God was going to join me. Heavenly Father, we do come today. We come to celebrate. Come to celebrate you. You, Lord Jesus, we come to magnify your name. To offer you up ourselves wholeheartedly. Every part of us. <coughs> Thanking you, God, for the grace and the mercy that you so wonderfully gave us that we could receive of the Holy Savior who shed his blood and gave his life as a sacrifice for us that our sins could be forgiven, that we could be washed and cleansed, made whole and made free from the bindings and the bondage of iniquity. Praise your holy name, Lord. I pray you bless today. I ask you, God, to take this word let it reach into far places. Let it go beyond here. Let us take it with us and meditate upon it, Lord, and live by it. Let it guide our decisions. Let it take our lives where you want us to go. God, we'll never fail to praise you. We give you all the glory, honor, thanks, and praise. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Did you know that life is about worship? Amen. Talk to Christian life. It's about worship. Now we like to think, and you know, it's kind of become a kind of a religious norm that when you mention worship, that it's about this. And it is an aspect. And when I say this, I'm referring to what we just went through, what we did. Just praise the Lord, and that's awesome and great. But worship is a, a lifestyle. Amen. Again, it goes beyond here. Or should. Worship invigorates us. I like to think to go further. And some may ask, well, how do you go further in the Lord? <coughs> you just do it. <laughs> it it's, it's, it's free. Worship saying that worship involves really a lot of things. It's not just a, a few. Not just singing. Not just showing up at church. <coughs> just because people show up at church doesn't mean that they worship. Lord help us. Amen. If we consider, take into consideration, and we really apply thought beyond thought, because we think with this, our heart is what God's interested in. If we put our heart to, put it that way, if we put our heart to what God has done, what he gave. And I know this has been repeated probably trillions of times since it happened. He gave his only son who took the misery and the pain of the sins of the world upon himself Took all of the abuse, all of the torture, that we would not have to. Amen. How can we sit idly by and fail to worship? Amen. Proclaim, be glad, rejoice in the fact that we weren't the ones that was nailed to the cross. Amen. He was for us. Not on a reason to worship. Amen. Not just Amen. once in a while, not just at church, but 
How about this? All the Amen. time. Amen. Somebody give the thunder's pledge to God. God, we got everything. Rejoice. If you know in your heart this morning you're headed for heaven, you sure got a reason to rejoice. Amen. I'm going to tell you that other place is not a place of rejoicing. Even though there's a lot of folks that more and more believing, I guess, that it must be, at least for them. But life is worship. Truly worshiping God is truly and genuinely with all you are. And I'm saying this this morning because, you know, the Lord always knows the need. He knows who needs to be moved who needs their heart stirred who needs to know that he built us as creatures to worship him not to worship this world of course although many be found doing that not to worship material items not even to worship a church Certainly not to worship music, as is we see much of today. Those things are great, and they're instruments of worship, and they're to God Himself gave those of old the ability and the knowledge and and the talent to create and to build and design instruments of music and a lot of other things through the course of history until now. Man, there's things now that when I was a, a youngster I, I I never even imagined. Worship is a personal thing. Genuine worship comes from the heart. But it can only come from the heart when you realize who the one is in fullness that we come here to worship. And I've stressed this throughout my course of time here some still here from the beginning in 1997 actually that's been the stress you know worship has been the stress the blood the cross the basics of Christianity praise unto the Lord worship unto his holy name and again we do that in many many different ways walking worshipers When we genuinely and sincerely have in our hearts and, and practice in our lives the truth, the truth about worship, that's far aside from, from a clamor of religious. Not that anything's wrong with religious or religion, but sometimes it becomes ritualistic. And ceremonial and we fall into habits of well it's just this or it's got to be just that or it's got to be that way or or a lot of other things God is open to our worship again because worship is a personal and individual thing and I want to stress that this morning because I really believe that the Lord's trying to guide his church back again to the very things that make the church Amen. 
not flash and glamour and all the things that man has created and, and replaced, replaced real worship with. We have to be careful. We have to be careful about that. Worship is not mere emotions. It's not driving emotions. It's not creating emotions. Worship proper is brought about by the hearts, by the strings of the heart. As our relationship, if you've got one as our relationship, and I want to put it this way, plucks the strings of the heart, it gives off a wonderful sound to God, which we again call worship. Worship comes from the heart. Worship is not attempts to satisfy the flesh. To tickle. To entertain. Worship actually brings you into greater depths with God. I'm talking genuine worship. True worship. It has the ability to take us places we've never been before. Does that interest anybody? <laughs> what places? <clears throat> places in God. He's not a theme park. Lord help those places today, huh? Amen. They're worshiping something other than uh, God. Well, I've been around here long. Some, you know, some things I say aren't real popular. <laughs> it's okay. God's word isn't popular. Yeah, that's right. But it's the truth. Amen. It's what will get down in our bones if we let it. I've been accused of stomping people's toes. I just tell folks I've stomped mine before you ever get to you. <laughs> it happens all the time. So... True worship is not just a fundamental of Christianity. It's a necessity to the church. True worship. Again, not just when we arrive and, 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 and situate ourselves in a pew, even though that's great. But when we learn to worship God everywhere we are and everywhere we go and in everything we do, Life becomes fabulous. Amen. Even the conditions of society that's so deteriorated all around us, when we learn to worship God in this aspect, life, it, it, it can't ignore that, but it can certainly turn it off because a true life of worshiping God brings about joy. It brings about peace. It brings about all the things that God gives us in, by, and through his word. Now, yeah, you're going to get some scriptures this morning. I'm going to get you there in just a minute. Matter of fact, we're going to look at uh, Matthew. Before I give you the reference, I want to have one more thing. 
Anybody know what artificial means? Well, it pretty much means not the real thing. What about artificial worship? Not the real thing worship. Where do we think that gets us? Nowhere. But again, true, real, and genuine worship, and I'll say it again, takes us places we've never been and never got to go. Mark your Bibles at Matthew chapter 7. Roll over to John. A few places in Matthew. Roll over to John. You're going to see this is very familiar, but I want to use this as a platform. Then we're going back to Matthew. Chapter 4, the famous conversation that Jesus had with the woman at the well. I simply want to read from this text of Scripture, verses 23 and 24, although there's much more previous. But I want to stress these two Scriptures in the beginning. Jesus says, But the hour cometh, and now is when the true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeketh such to worship him. God is a spirit. And they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Did you see anything in that mentioning flesh? What did we see? Spirit, truth, and spirit. Appeasing, again, appeasing the flesh or entertaining the flesh is not true worship. And that's meant to be taken as a warning and also in the way of advice, learning and understanding. When Jesus was speaking to this lady, notice also, and you have to go previous above the scriptures that I just read to you, See also here that he and her were alone. That's significant. God sees you as one on one. Oh, he'll speak to a whole, speak to the entirety of the congregation, but he wants you one on one because it's individual and it's personal relationship. And that's what Jesus was trying to do. He's trying to tell her where true worship is. And she had her preconceived and even pre-taught ideas, if you go back and read, of what worship really was, and it involved a place, a specific place. The specific place that Jesus is leading her to is worship comes, and to be true and spiritual comes from the heart, not a place. 
not a location, not a particular agenda, not a ritual. And the world was full of rituals in this day, religious rituals. And he used a word, they that worship God must, must. If you truly, genuinely worship God, must worship in spirit and in truth, which will take you places. See, it's, it's worship. Uh, what is the kind of worship Jesus was referring to now? What was he saying? Though? Think about it yourself. What was the Lord telling her? Now, we don't see it in, in tight, but I believe, I believe that he was sharing with her that, again, worship is a life walk. It's an enabling when we worship God and we do it in sincerity and we do it in truth and we do it in spirit, it is it enabling, it enables us. It brings us into a new venture. An expanding one at that. A never ending one. I mentioned theme parks and I'm not I'm not knocking well, maybe I am, some of them. <laughs> anyway, be careful what you take your kids to. That's all I can say this morning. Amen. But you go in, you pay your money, and you go in, and you go through all the trinkets and all the miles of walks or whatever there might be, but there comes an exit. And that experience is no more unless you go back and you pay again and go through the same thing again. True and genuine spiritual worship to God is not that way. Once in, you're in, and everything is open and available, and it becomes a... I'm going to stop right there because I'm going to give you the answer to that in just a minute. Worship is a search. It's a search. Many people don't think of it. Like, they just think, oh, well, we do this, and we do that, and we sing this, and we sing that and we go home. Worship is a search. That's what it is. If you, if you get it in the right way, if you get it in the biblical way, worship is a search. A search for what? It's not a search for what. It's a search for who? Amen. And what he has. Amen. And the more we worship, the more we see and enjoy and experience. Now, What's the results? Well, it's spirit filling more and more. We all have a spirit. We all have a soul. That's why biblically you can go to the Old Testament from the beginning through the end of the word and you will find worship all through it. How they went to all extents to worship God. I mean, we talked this morning about the, the value of the things in, in the holy place and the holy of holies and, and all. You know, I wanted to get this in, but I know Brother Tanner has time cut short, but they still to date cannot figure the value of Solomon's temple. 
There is no amount of value that can be attached to it because of everything that went into it to worship God. Amen. That was in his day. Brings me to a kind of a constant question I have is, man, wouldn't it be great if people could give everything they've got and worship to God and, and, and what that does to glorify him and what that does to to open great things into us that we can enjoy and just have more of God on a continual basis. Now, go back over to Matthew. Chapter 7. This is a continuation of Jesus' Sermon on the Mount that actually begins in chapter 5. And all through the course up until now, until chapter 7 here, and even on through chapter 7, we see the Lord still talking. He's still relating. He's, he's still, by this time, he's pretty much touched every facet of life. Every passage. Talked about a lot of things. How we should be, how we should give, how we should live, how we should treat people, how we should honor God, and other things. And here in this particular part of chapter 7, and I want to connect this with worship. Because all in all, what he's about to say here is worship, 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 and how we get there. Let's look. Simply verse 7, beginning. Ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. For every one that asketh receiveth. And he that seeketh findeth, and to him that knocketh, it shall be opened. That sounds pretty simple, doesn't it? find it interesting that and this again this is just me because numbers and in, in the word are bear significance godly significance and I find it interesting that uh, Matthew 7 7 7 is the perfect number of God and I, I don't know this kind of touched me when I saw that it's great information it's great great uh, food for for knowledge and this is this is where we're going let's look and see what he's talking about it relates to in spirit and truth because in in the uh, context of what Jesus is saying here, it relates to uh, being genuine, being sincere, doing, asking, seeking, and knocking in truth because we're going to see that this very thing he's saying takes us places. 
Ask. It's some small word, three little word, ask. Ask me this, ask me that. We hear it all the time. Go ask them, go ask your teacher, go ask your boss, go ask. We hear that all the time. What the Lord is saying here, as he's preaching this sermon to a multitude of people, it begins, when he says ask, he simply, what this term, this Greek term is talking about, is to crave and desire. It doesn't mean just to simple ask something. So if we crave something, where does crave come from? It comes from our heart. If we desire something, it comes from our heart. And notice the, the order, the structure here. Ask, he says first, crave and desire. That's a crucial element in worship. True worship. To crave. Who are we craving? Who are we desiring? It has to be God. It has to be the things of God. It has to be the supreme creator. It can be none other. It involves a, a longing with an attitude that the one asking is far less than the one they are asking. Amen. It's called humility. Worship must absolutely start with the utmost of humility. Honor, reverence. Ask, he said. Think about it this way. It's really an attempt to gain one's attention. Asking is gaining one's attention. Think about that. When we worship, what are we doing? Are we attempting to gain one's attention? Absolutely. It's scriptural. Whether that's on an individual basis or a corporate basis, it, it really no, makes no difference which one because worship can bring an individual into territory never discovered. It can bring entire churches into new regions of godly exploration. Worship is not just a word. It's not just a, uh, an imagination. It's not just, just a term that, that's loosely used. It's, it's something, again, that is biblical throughout. And when we charge ourselves with this, this desire that Jesus is talking about, this, this craving, and we do it with the utmost of humility, and we, we know who we're coming before, and we understand that, and we realize but we thank him at the same time that we are even able to come before him. Amen. To worship him. To have this craving. Anybody got a craving this morning? Amen. Anybody got desire this morning? Woo. Anybody within yourself find yourself stirred to do something more than you've already done and you're looking for closeness and nearness? Amen. The Bible says, I'm going to summarize it in terms other than the biblical term. Near yourself to God and he'll near himself to you. Another aspect of worship. Worship God, he'll near himself to you. He'll bring himself to you. I truly believe this is an area that many people never touch. Probably many people are never taught. Probably never brought up. You want to get close to God, then worship him. 
It's open. Jesus gives us the method, if you want to call it a method, right here. You first got to have a desire within you. You first got to have a longing. You first got to have a, a, a craving. Craving is, 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 is deep. Craving is something that won't leave you alone. Until you go and see. He said, ask. You shall receive. You shall receive. You know what that's saying? You shall receive is all one term in the language that it's written. And this is what it means. Be allowed to go into a place. Listen to this. Be allowed to go into a place, a spiritual place, to adventure what is there. That's what receive is. Jesus is saying. So we gain the attention of the one who is able to allow us to go into a place that we may adventure what is there. Wow. What is there? We found out some of it. We've discovered some of it. But there's a whole lot more that's available and a whole lot more to come Amen. if we let our craving and our desire continue Amen. this asking and then this receiving be allowed able to go into a place where we can adventure what is in there what's adventure it's an experience it's a moving experience There's not many things that you set still and adventure. Yeah. <laughs> well, I guess you can virtual reality. I guess you call that. I don't know. That stuff scares me anyway. <laughs> then he says, seek and you shall find. Seek and you shall find. Seek means putting your desires into endeavoring or involving self in this desire and this craving. Put it to work. Let it go where God wants it to go, which is towards Him. And you think about seeking or looking or searching. You know, quite a I guess from a year or two, but now we kind of got on a, uh, a theme here uh, of adventure. Adventure in the spiritual realm, adventure in, 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 you can adventure in the Word of God. Amen. There, there are more places to go in the Word of God than, than we even begin to imagine. But what the Lord is inviting us into here is, is the realm of Him. The realm of God, all that God is. Everything God is. Jesus is is, is speaking this and he's laying it out and he, he's stressing 
he's in, in his beginning to close out this sermon here he's he's really bringing everything into a point here everything i've talked to you about everything i've spoke to you so far we could say he's been speaking and preaching the kingdom of god to these people the the entirety of the kingdom of god and then he says ask and then he says seek seek And then you shall find. You shall find. And that's a unique twist to it. Because it means what you're getting ready to receive is something that's been brought about by yourself. Well, what brought it about? Asking and seeking. Amen. With God as a supplier. But it channels through you. Through us. And the more we apply it, the more that we experience. Even relates to, in this adventure, the searching and seeking, and this, this is biblical, even relates to this, and this, I thought, wow, this is awesome. You may be searching for one thing, but you find something that you were looking for previously. Amen. Isn't that great? You're looking for another thing, and all of a sudden, guess what? You discover something that you were looking for before. I think we could honestly, if we answered honestly, that would say that yeah, that's happened before to me. Not more, not once, but a lot of times. Yeah. <clears throat> Asking you shall receive, seeking you shall find. A simple word to put this is simply learning to discover. Learn to discover. We learn to discover again by allowing the desire and the craving and a lot of other things to begin working in us that brings about knowledge that we need to acquire to search further. And you keep searching. Worship is a lifelong thing. It's not, it don't have a time frame around it. Worship is not a Christian experience just for a moment. It's not a Christian experience just at church time. It's a lifelong thing. If we honor God, we will make it lifelong. Then the last, he says, knock. <coughs> knock so ask seek that within us that has prompted our initial stepping out on this asking and this, this desire in us working and then it gets to a state okay now we're looking and we're searching and we're seeking for what The place we're looking for. Knock. Basically, a statement of persistence. Not giving up. <coughs> Sometimes adventure takes a while, doesn't it? 
Somebody's looking for a ring lately. It took a while. Found it. She found it, didn't you? You know where it was? Right where she left it. <laughs> That's what Judy always said. Right where you left it. Worship, being an adventure, requires time and it requires energy. But it's well spent. Knock and the door shall be opened unto you. Now we started out asking because of that what lies within us. And then we begin on this adventure of searching and looking and hunting and everything that's involved. It brought us to a place. Brought us to a door. Did you notice the scripture doesn't say, oh, the door wonderfully and magically opened. <laughs> what did it say? It said knock. Knock. With persistence of heart, with persistence of truth, with persistence of spirit, you must knock with such after you have arrived. Then it says, and the door shall be opened unto you. Basically meaning given free access to. Give you a little bit of a, maybe a, a way of explanation here in a, in a uh, earthly sense. Now, I'm not trying to refer worship as a dating experience. Get that right off. Worship is far greater than any earthly dating experience. But I think what I'm about to say might can kind of shed some light on what we need, to, we need to hear. Some of you can relate to this. When I met Judy, my wife, When I met her, when my eyes fell on her, my craver kicked in. <laughs> my desire come alive, a mere glimpse. But I knew, I mean, I just knew, hey, this is the one. My craver was working. My desire was increasing. But what did I have to do to get anywhere? Yeah. I had to chase her to ask her. <laughs> we pursue God, do we not? Amen. You know, God loves to be chased. Amen. Amen. Finally got her to a point, and my simple question was, hey, can I go riding around with you for a little bit? You know what she said? Why do you want to? <laughs> That's a good question. Yeah. Why do we want to? Yeah. Why do we want to go with God? Why do we want to know God? 
to develop a greater experience, right? She finally said, okay, but just for a little bit. After asking, I began seeking. Wanting to know more, wanting to find. It's a, become an adventure. An awesome adventure. And after a while, knocking on her heart's door, or knocking on my heart's door, things exploded into a wonderful adventure of 47 years. Be 49 this summer. I say, how's that? Because our love's still alive. Amen. Still alive. Always will be. What about God? Is your love alive for God? What about what about the experience? What about this worship experience? What about this opportunity that's been opened up in front of us simply by asking, seeking, and knocking? And here we are at God's door. The kingdom of heaven is open to us. Everything God is is open to us. For not a few years, but forever. Forever. No date stamps. No time clock. Forever. A lifelong adventure. Let's go ahead and stand this morning. Excuse me, afternoon. <laughs> Back to John 4, after Jesus' conversation with the lady at the well, and they had their discussion, and he had told her, You must worship God in spirit and truth. I believe it was his last statement to her before she went into the community telling everybody how this man she met at the well had changed her life and told her everything that she had ever done. Before that, and I can see her looking at him and him looking at her and she's trying to figure out, well, who is this one? Or what is this worship thing? He said, I am he. I'm he. I'm the one. Is he your one this morning? Is Jesus your one? Is your heart for him? Is your craving, your longing, your desire, is it for him? Is it more so than when you begin? Have you lost? Have you lost the flavor? Have you abandoned the search? There's a lot of questions I could ask this morning. If somehow that you have, then make your way back. Begin to ask, begin to seek, begin to knock. If you've never entered before, if you if this is all new to you, same thing. Ask, seek, and knock. Find out what worship opens up in your life. Make that discovery, many discoveries. 
on this pure adventure brought about by God that we're able to have by accepting his son, Jesus Christ, as our Lord and Savior, into this great, wonderful place of worship and everything it beholds. Would you bow this morning?